Hey, everyone. Welcome to Everyday Infertility. I'm your host, Savannah Keys. I am super excited to be talking to you guys today because today's episode is about marriage and infertility or relationships and infertility. And we have our first repeat guest. Drum roll. It's my husband. (laughs) It's Drake. I really wanted to have him on and talk about this topic because we just celebrated our fifth year anniversary this past Friday on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. And so I just was talking to him of like, you know, something that's really hard in the infertility world is your relationships and they can really struggle and crumble or they can really thrive just depending on how you fuel them and the attention that you put forth. And so I wanted to bring him on and just really like dive deep on the topic of marriage and relationships while going through infertility and, you know, the highs and the lows, struggles we've had, how we've come out on the other side and and really just everything. I am going to preface this episode that one we're literally in the middle of a tornado warning right now. So if you hear our phones go off, if you hear like random noises, that's what it is. Two, I'm coming off a happy hour and I've had a couple drinks. So when I say raw and real, like topics and responses, no filter at this point. What about you? I'm ready. Let's do it. Gonna bring a little more energy than last time. <laughs> I was uh, under the weather <laughs> last time. You so. were nervous. Yeah, nervous. Uh, hungover. (laughs) So I'm completely sober and ready to roll. So anyway, sorry guys. So our first episode, it is funny because we were driving back from Texas, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. And I didn't know you were hungover, but that's funny to know. Um, and I thought you always have to drive. Yeah. I I think you were tired, but you know, it was, I thought you were just being really like stoic and serious. And I remember you listened (laughs) to the episode back and you were like, wow, I'm so boring. I'm so serious. (laughs) I had literally no energy, like what the heck. And so I joked, I was like, well, this time around I've had a couple drinks, so I'm going to be like bouncing off the walls all over the place. You're going to hold the fort down. No, I'm sure they can feel the, feel the energy coming from you. (laughs) All right. All right. So talking about marriage and infertility, like I think, and, and I don't want to say marriage and infertility because there's a large amount of people going through infertility and going through fertility treatments that aren't married. So I, when I say marriage and infertility, like I am just wrapping relationships as a whole into that. But one thing we know, one thing that I think everyone knows if they're honest with themselves is marriage is hard. Like Marriage is not a cakewalk. You live with someone day in, day out. You spend so much time with them. Like it, it's just hard. And I know we talk about this all the time. Like we have weeks where we are just perfect, amazing. Everything's great. Every, like it, it's like honeymoon phase. And then we have like four or five days where I'm just like, what the heck? Why are we like bickering? And why are we this? And why are we that? And then you get back into the honeymoon phase. And then it just, marriage is hard. I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah. I'd kind of compare it to, to sports. Uh, you know, you're a, you're a team, right? Oh my so gosh. Yeah. Some people are good at stuff. Some people are bad at stuff. Uh, you have, you know, your highs and your lows and, uh, so you're saying I'm bad at stuff, you know, you're not good at sports, <laughs> but 
No, it's a, it's, it's, it's a team. It's a, it's a team deal. It's a, it's a long season. You just got to trust each other that, you know, one person's going to do their job and, uh, you know, just, uh, just enjoy it. For sure. And you know, I heard, I heard, I heard an older couple on a podcast or maybe it was an interview or something, but they had been married like 70 years or something. And it was, they said like, there are times that you don't like each other and there are times that you like each other and there are times you love each other. But like, like you said, it's long seasons. Like if you are in it for the long haul, you are going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you're going to have plateaus, you're going to have amazing times, horrible times. Like, but that's marriage and it's all working through that. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah. So I had a boss, I had an old boss once tell me. He said, uh, he said, so here's the thing about marriage. He goes, some days, you know, you're going to be thinking, oh holy God, crap, sad. why did I marry that bitch? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he's like, but the other coin of it is she's going to be wondering why the hell did I marry this son of a bitch? So, Very you know, true. at the end of the day, us bitches love each other. Us bitches do love each other. Um, you know, marriage is hard. I think that is just like. You can leave it at that. One thing is infertility is really hard. And I know when we first started going through our infertility journey, we thought it was going to be hard. And we knew like this is going to be really challenging for us. And I even think back to when we did our first podcast episode together. And I remember us talking about like, oh, this has been really challenging for us. Oh, we've like experienced all these emotions and you know, what are we months down the road, like almost five months down the road. And it's just like even more challenging from then. And so you take something like marriage that's inherently already hard. And then you take something like infertility that most people don't know how hard the journey is going to be. And they don't know what to expect. And they're unsure of it. And there's, it's navigating completely new territory. And you put those two things together and it's doubly hard. Like what is a worse word than hard? Extra hard? (laughs) (laughs) Hardeder. Hardeder. It's hardeder. And so, you know, when I set out to record this episode, I just looked up a couple stats. And if you all listened to last week's episode on National Infertility Awareness Week and the update about my tube removal surgery, I talked a little bit about how National Infertility Awareness Week for me has always been one in eight couples. And recently it was just changed. I'm sorry, one in eight individuals. Recently it was just changed to one in six individuals experience infertility. So it's becoming more and more prevalent and more and more people are experiencing it. In a study in 2015, it says 48.5 million couples experience infertility. And that's what, eight years ago? So what is it now? Like 48.5 million couples. That is so many when that's you think about it. That's people that go in and get testing too. Correct. There's people who don't go in and get tested. I mean, we are so lucky to live where we live and have the health care that we have. There are people in third world countries 
who probably don't go in and get tested. So to your point, not only is that study eight years old, but it's not counting everyone. And also think about the people that just don't go in and get tested because maybe they don't believe in it, or maybe it's just they chalk it up to something else. Of that, I continue to do research. So of those 48.5 plus couples going through infertility, it says 30% are women, 30% are men, 30% is both, and 10% is unknown infertility. So when you really look at that, I know oftentimes because of our situation, you know, I'm the one who had blocked tubes. At this point, we've now removed those tubes. You know, when I think about our infertility journey, I really think a lot about me and how I'm the one who's caused this. And there are other people who are on the male factor infertility side of things who they probably have similar feelings. But when I read that 30% of both factors, female and male contributed infertility factors, I can't imagine the the duplicative stress on that. And then, of course, there is the 10% that it says is unknown. And then I, you know, I just continued to go down this rabbit hole because I am a data person. I'm a patterns person. I love, I love this stuff. Um, but it, it continued to say, I read this article from US News and World that couples who experience infertility are three times likely to divorce. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah, that is. That's- I I remember being in a college course and I think it was like a statistics class. And I actually, you know, I'm not a math person like at all. And I loved my statistics class because my professor made everything real world examples. I remember he was like talking about sports one day, you know, I like know nothing about sports and he like wheeled in basketballs and like everything he did in statistics, he was like, take away this many basketballs. And so my brain got it, but he did real world examples. And I remember at one point he did an example on divorce and he was talking about divorce rates related to money because I believe outside of infidelity, money is like the next biggest divorce factor. But reading this infertility causing three couples going through infertility are three times as likely to divorce. That's scary. You know, you look at that 48 plus mi- 48.5 plus million couples going through infertility. How many of those have been through a divorce? Yeah. How many of those have separated? How many of those have been through counseling? How many of those have suffered in silence? Like, it's really sad. And marriage is already really fucking hard. It is. Yeah. So anyways, we're here to talk about our marriage. And I have no idea you know, what guidance you will get from this because we've only been married five years. We're only- perfect. The end. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, I will say we're not perfect, but I do really enjoy our marriage and I feel like we work really well together. That being said, there's a lot of effort in that. And I really feel We had a strong marriage going into our infertility journey, but again, we put effort into that. 
So anyways, I really just wanted to be open, real, raw, talk to you about our marriage, our current infertility journeys, journeys, our current infertility battles, and, you know, hopefully someone gets something out of this. Let's go. Let's All get right. started. Okay. So I have a couple questions for you. What do you- This th- is unscripted, by the way. Like I did improm- write questions, Impromptu. Though. I didn't. I didn't read them, so- Oh, okay, great. So you can see who the type A person is in this relationship (laughs) and who isn't because I did send him an agenda. Savannah's a – never mind. (laughs) He's shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I did not read the agenda, but I told you I was ready and prepared. Let's go. All righty. She takes a sip. As I take a sip. So what do you think so far in our five years of marriage has been the hardest part for us? Outside of infertility, like oh. just marriage, like marriage aside, what do you think is the hardest part of infertility? Oh, gosh, dang it. The hardest part of marriage. marriage yes. Yeah. Um, probably <laughs> our personalities. Okay. So, you know, sometimes I think I'm right. Sometimes you think you're right. And, you know, sometimes we'll butt hits and, uh, you know, you're very strong and opinionated, which I appreciate about you, mm-hmm. but sometimes I can be the same way too. So, um, I think probably just, you know, dealing with a strong personality, which again, I appreciate, but yeah, you know, so me, I'm kind of, uh, what I call comparable, right? So I kind of like to compromise, I feel. And mm-hmm. sometimes when I feel like you're coming at me like guns blazing, oh yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. So, and we know that. It's funny because Drake always tells me he's like, "You're such a strong, independent woman," and I love, I love that about you, and I love your personality. But what's funny is when we get into arguments, or when I come guns blazing at you, that is what you hate most about me in that moment. (laughs) And I think it's because you're non-confrontational and I am confrontational. And I don't think I set out to be, it's not like I wake up in the mornings and I'm like, who can I confront today? I want to start an argument. It's just, I have a very short fuse. I also have a very high bar for expectation. And when those things aren't met, I feel like I you know, go into type A, OCD, perfectionist mode. And I'm like, ah, and you're like, why are you yelling at me? Why are you being so aggressive? And it's not that I'm being aggressive. Oftentimes too, you type A women out there who are very strong personality. Drake's always like, why are you yelling at me? And it's not that I'm yelling. I'm just such a passionate person. And when I get passionate about a topic, I raise my voice. And I know oftentimes you've been like, I feel like we would be able to discuss this so much more, you know, on the same page if you weren't yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just excited. Yeah. So in a nutshell, what you're saying is I like I know (laughs) I like to control the situation like you (laughs) like to control the thermostat in the house. And I am, it is what it is. I can I can only control what I can control. So Um, I think that's what's made infertility hard for you because it's nothing you can control. And me, I'm like, it is what it is. I can only yeah. can control what I can control. 
So I think you have to, if you do have a spouse that is very controlling, um, you know, it's, it's all understanding and communicating. So what I mean by understanding is I know who you are Mm -hmm. and I know how to support you. Yeah. And I think that's what makes a good team. Like I said, you know, your roles. So I know that, you know, you're going to have days where you're pissed off because you can't control it. Yeah. I'm going to be understanding and not, you know, not, uh, give you a hard time about it. No, so. for sure. Before we get into the infertility piece, I think the hardest part of marriage for me so far has been, and it does relate to the infertility piece, but you know me, like when we first met, I was like, here's kind of my game plan. And when we got engaged, I was like, all right, we're going to be engaged for nine months and then we're going to get married. And then we're going to be married for three years. And in those three years, we're going to travel. We're going to experience life. We're going to do all these things, focus on our careers. And then we're (laughs) going to have, you know, babies and we're going to get pregnant immediately. And we're going to have a boy and he's going to be like the perfect football star. And then we're going to have a girl and she's going to be this little cheerleader. she does come from a military family. (laughs) And so on and so forth. And it's like, I had this perfect vision of life. And for me, I think marriage has, the hardest part of marriage has been that's not how life goes. And infertility aside, I have, like I said, like I'm a very expectation person. Yeah. And so I have a clear vision of how something's going to go. And when it doesn't go that way, I do get very bent out of shape. And like little things, you know, like I shouldn't say little things. The biggest thing is infertility. I had this plan for us of trying to get pregnant and getting pregnant and all of this. And our kids would be two years apart and blah, 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 whatever. Wouldn't that be boring though? (laughs) No. Um, But also, you know, it comes down to little things and like, you know, this, and we talk about, we joke about this with all of our friends, but like, if you go out with your, your guy friends and you're like, I'm going golfing and you're like, I'm going to be home by, 2 p.m. I'm going to go golf. We're going to go to lunch and we're going to have drinks and I'll be home at two. Like 3 p.m. rolls around and I'm like, well, I had this expectation of how this day would go. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going that way. Yeah. And you're like, <clears throat> whoa, chill, go with the flow. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, well, no, we had a plan and you're not sticking to it. So marriage for me, and that's on all spectrums, like small situations like that to like very large situations like, you know, infertility is I am a very expectation driven person. And when those don't get met, I like beat myself up. You know yourself well. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I'll say. (laughs) So in marriage, you know, we've been married five years. We've now been on this infertility journey for three years. What? And I'm sorry, guys, if you can hear our dog. We have our Australian shepherd uh, trying to play fetch. Bubba. This is not. It's not playtime. Can you go in the other room? This is the yep. first time I haven't like locked the animals up when we do a podcast and they see like mom and dad in a room together and they're like, it's playtime. So one is down by our feet snoring. Tulsa's playing fetch. You're going to hear like 10 meows at some point in the episode because we have a freaking zoo over here. Finn's on the, uh, he's all over the cabinets. And, oh, okay. Yeah, great. So I can hear him. <laughs> so, um, this is like my o- most unhinged episode so far. Like, it's good. I'm, hopefully, people <laughs> like the real and raw uh, zoo of the Keys House. So, here we are. Okay, so I asked you the hardest part about marriage so far. What's been the hardest part about 
infertility so far. It's been three years. Mm-hmm. We've, I feel like, learned a lot of lessons, but I don't feel like we're done learning lessons. Like so far, what's been the hardest part? Mm, I'd say, I'd say two things. I'd say first, uh, seeing the disappointment and the sadness uh, that you've experienced. Yeah, and I've, you know, I, I hate seeing you like that, and yeah, yeah, helpless feeling for sure. So that's definitely number one. Yeah. I would say number two, and. <laughs> this sounds stupid, but I just say, uh, it's just money. But the, the, like the amount of money we've spent. Yeah. You're like, what could I have done with, you know, $45,000? Like, yeah. holy crap. Just looking back. Yeah. And it's like, also like, hmm, we need to do a better job of saving. Cause we didn't even... anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so really just, just those two. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the money, it you know, you can't take it with you when you're gone, and true. Um, you know, it's definitely made our our marriage a lot stronger yeah. as well, too. But yeah, the hardest part was just seeing you, seeing my baby sad. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I think you know one thing, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this story, but like we said it earlier, you're very like ah, it is what it is, like whatever. Um, not to say you're just completely like you don't care about anything in life. But uh, you- also, I, I like, now that I think about it, I say, uh, it's just money. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Like, what am I trying to say? I don't mean that. I think uh, it's a coping like it mechanism. Ma- it matters because money it's a matters. Coping mechanism but it, it don't, yeah, it's almost like that. I think it's my, it is what it is matter. Yes. Like, yeah. It's not that you don't care. Like when you say it is what it is, it's not that you're coming from an, I don't care situation. You're very much like I'm presented with this situation. So how do I make the most of it? Yeah. Like that's your personality. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, one thing is, is, and we've talked about this, which is why you just clarified what you said. But like, I remember the first time that we were talking about how much we've spent on infertility treatment so far. And you were like, imagine what we could do with the amount of money we spent so far, which I think at that point was half of what we spent, which Mm -hmm. was somewhere in the 20,000 mark, which for those of you who maybe not as familiar with infertility treatments, like that was one egg retrieval and maybe a transfer. So anyways, I remember, I think we were like in the kitchen and you were like, imagine what we could have done with that money so far. And it was just such a like kick in the gut to me of like, yes, I, I don't disagree with you. But it was also like a, I would spend every last dollar we have to have a child. And I know you feel the same. Sure. And so it just kind of was like, what a shitty thing to say. Like we're going through such a hard situation. And like, I couldn't tell if you were coming from like a resentful place or you were like, pissed off about the amount of money we spent or annoyed or what. And I know you weren't. But in that moment, I was just like, yeah, you're right. We could have done a lot with $20,000 at that point. But like, don't bring it up because it is. And for once in my life, I'm like, it is what it is. And we have to pay it. Mm -hmm. And since then, I feel like you've said it like two or three times after that. And you do catch yourself. You're like, I'm not saying that in 
like a shitty way of like, I'm mad we've sent the money or I wish we would have done something different or I would change anything about it. You're just like, I'm putting in perspective truly how much money we have spent. And my, and I, I tell you this every time, I'm like, yeah, but like, it is what it is. That's right. I, I'm teaching her. <laughs> no, <See>? no. <laughs> and I, I, I'm like struggling with my thought, like how to express my feelings here. But it's like, we want a child. We have to go through IVF to have a child. So we have to spend that money. It has not worked for us yet. So like, we're going to spend the money. I'd just rather you not say anything about it. Cause it, and here's what it is. Here's what it is. Ultimately, I feel guilty. I feel, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. I feel that because I can't get pregnant, it's my fault that we've spent 45 whatever thousand dollars. Yeah. And we still aren't pregnant. You've never told me that, I don't think. I haven't. And it's, oh my gosh. Um, I think it's because like when you say like, oh my gosh, Imagine what we could have done with 45 grand. I'm like, yeah, imagine if you were able to get pregnant like everyone else and it wasn't your fault and we didn't have to spend this. Yeah. See, and that's, that's part of the communication piece. Like I'm saying something that comes off ignorant, naive, you know, but I don't mean it in a, yeah. in a harmful way, but. And I um, know you don't. And no, it's I'm just saying though, but you telling me, yeah. you know, how you feel from your perspective Again, it's just, it's, it's, I guess what it all boils down to is communication, 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 communication. Yep. There's the Oklahoma accent. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, what, what bothers you, what doesn't bother you and, uh, understanding. Yeah. A hundred percent. Anyway. And so I don't even know if I answered like, what is it about infertility that has been the hardest for me? And I think it's just the personal disappointment. And I've talked about this in so many episodes. I even had a guest on who, um, Kira, who she is a fertility coach and she talked about like shame and infertility. And it's like the hardest part for me is like the fact that we can't get pregnant does fall on me, but I have zero control around it. And now I have even less control around it, you know, with, with this previous surgery that I just had my tubes removed. And so it's like, I'm so internally frustrated with myself and I just get so worked up of like, damn it, why me? Sam, from my lens, it's the opposite. I see you take it serious. You have a a strict routine. You're always like, okay, what can I do to like improve my health or or my knowledge and so on and so forth. So you see it as like you being a failure. And from my lens, I see it as, dude, she's a badass, like killing it. Yeah. And that makes me feel so much better. And you do hype me up all the time. And you're like, you take it so seriously. You're so regimented. You write everything down. Like I, it's so funny because when we went in for my surgery, I didn't share this in the episode, but we had to drive 90 miles to the surgery. And we're like at the 45 mile mark and the hospital calls and I answer it and they're like, hi, we're just calling to see where you're at. And I was like, uh, I'm on on my way. And they're like, oh, you were supposed to be here at like whatever time she said. 
And I was like, um, no. My check-in was at 8.20. My surgery was at 10.30. And I like read her it. And I remember looking at you with like sheer panic. Like, <laughs> did I just mess this up? And you mouthed to me. You were like, you never get this wrong. She's never wrong. On time. Yeah, no, no, no. She, writes, she writes every freaking thing down. Yes. I am like, I mean, I have... I mean, I have papers from like our first round of IVF. So just to wrap everything up, just tell them you were right. I was right. Okay. Yes. Like I was totally right. And they were like, oh, um, actually, yeah, sorry. So anyways, like the control piece is just something that at the end of the the time, like at the end of it, it's, that's always going to be my struggle. I can't control how our fertility journey goes. Um, what is something that you feel I maybe don't understand about your struggle or frustration with fertility? Repeat the question again. (laughs) What's like, what's, is there something that you struggle with or is there a frustration that you have with our infertility journey that you maybe feel I don't understand? And that's okay if you don't. I really don't. I mean, (sighs) I want to like make up this bogus answer, but just to be no, honest, it's, okay. it's, it's, you know, we're, we have open dialect and we talk, we talk a lot about the, the subject. Like we don't make it the center of our life, but yeah. we talk about the subject. Yeah. And so I don't, I think, you know, you know how I feel most of the time. Like, yeah. You know, I think, and this will probably be boring answer, but no, it's okay. This will probably be news to you because I actually don't know that I've ever told you this, but I, you know, I am such a OCD type A person that almost every night when I'm in a for when I'm in a fertility cycle for like IVF or whatever. I go to bed and I'm like, did you take your medicine today? What is your medicine tomorrow? When is your appointment? Did you miss your medicine? Like I could take my medicine and 10 minutes later be like, did you take your medicine? Did mm-hmm. you think you take your medicine? And so that's something that it's like, there is a lot of stress and anxiety around, like you say, I never miss a time. I never miss a medicine, like anything like that. There's so much anxiety that comes with that. And not that you dismiss it or you don't get it, but it's like, I do wish you understood that a little bit more and like maybe not helped more. Like you do a great job. I told you like, I have a shot tomorrow. I want you home. It's really important. Like I need you there. I've never done this shot before. I'm going to like need like just emotional support, you know? Yeah. And it, I, that's just one thing I'm like, I wish you could be in my brain to understand. So you just got it, you know? I understand. It's kind of like this though. I'm the, we're using sports again. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm the coach. Great. I'm not going to understand. I'm the coach. It. You're my best, you're my best player. I trust you, but maybe I need to be a better coach and, you know, figure out what. Run the plays with me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, <laughs> yeah. Are you impressed? <laughs> kind of. So one thing is, you know, and I asked, I did, this is the one thing I did ask you going into this episode. Okay. Are you open talking about sex? Let's do it. No, <laughs> but let's do it. <laughs> I just feel like because I talked to so many women who are going through infertility, like this is just kind of a one infertility is a taboo topic. Sex is like even more of a taboo topic. I feel like. But you go through infertility and sex just changes 
And what I mean by that is when we first went through our infertility journey, I guess I shouldn't say infertility journey, when we started trying to get pregnant, at first it was like really fun. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be like, I just know I'm going to like take a test and be like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. I know it was like this crazy night of like blah, 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 or this really romantic night. And then as time went on and negative pregnancy tests ever negative pregnancy tests and month after month, it just turned into a chore. What and- Savannah is saying is she turned me into a sex slave. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they know what I mean, right? They like- do. I mean, and here's the thing. No, it, like- it, it just went from uh, un, uh, unscripted, you know, impromptu to – all I'm right. ovulating. It's, we have to have seven, sex this night. It's this 7 night, this p.m. Night. on Wednesday and the, you know, stars and, the, you know, it's yeah. just, you know, so you're like, okay, how do I get my mind there? Which, you know, there, people are probably thinking, you're a guy. You can, yeah, but there's also like a mental aspect to it when it's like. You've had a long day. You just had Tuesday, sex for five days. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, it was like okay, we're not getting pregnant. Maybe we should be a little bit more timed with this. So I was like doing the ovulation. And I even remember even just in the beginning before I got like very militant, I would be like, oh, I'm ovulating. And you'd be like, oh, like let's say you were sick or something. You'd be like, Savannah, I literally have the flu. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we still need to do it. And when you didn't want to, I would get frustrated because I'm like, this is lessening our chances. And then over time, it went from like, oh, I'm ovulating. We need to do it to like, I'm ovulating. We need to do it in the morning. We need to do it at night. After we do it, you need to hold my legs in the air. I mean, like we were doing some weird shit of like holding my legs in the air, legs yeah. on the wall, upside down, like so weird I think shit. With, I think with all that said, I think, you know, looking back on what we could have done different, like if we're trying to give people advice is, you know, don't make it so much a job, like figure out what works for you. Yeah. Cause right? we took all like, the fun out of it. Yeah. So it felt like a job, like we weren't having fun anymore. It wasn't unscripted or impromptu. So, you know, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> no, but just, just, you know, don't forget, don't forget sex, sex is fun, right? It's meant to, meant to yeah. be fun. So, and you know, After that, I feel like I went through a mourning period of being told you'll never be able to conceive naturally. I did go through a mourning period where sex for me was a reminder of like, this, this will never get me pregnant. I'll never like, and that, that was a sad period. Um, and, and let's just call it what it is. Like sex went from a chore where eventually the fun was sucked out of it. To then it was like a mourning period for me where the fun was sucked out of it. And I feel like we're like back at that point where like sex is just fun and we're doing that. But at the end of the day, I still do think about like nothing will ever come from this. Like, does that ever cross your mind? Mm, No, not really. I mean. (laughs) No? No, not really. Really? No, not really. No, because I just, you know, I have trust in the, uh, the process of, uh, yeah. you know, what we're going through. So no, I really don't, I really don't have those thoughts. And you're a guy having sex. So I'm just <laughs> having the time of my life. So, you know, 
gosh, this is an unhinged episode. Anyways, um, one thing I do want to ask you is, um, you know, I had my tubes removed because of infertility and all of this. And that really, for me, was like, I mourned us not being able to conceive naturally. But I, you know, worked through IVF and kind of coped and was like, okay, we have a plan. And then having my tubes removed kind of restarted the mourning process. And I shared on the episode, like, I cried every day for like over a week. It really was just like, there's no chance at a miracle. It, you know, that that's gone. Did you have any feelings about that? No. And again, it's because of, you know, I'm not a woman. I don't. You know, I don't, I, I just can't, I just can't, you know, understand yeah. and fathom what, you know, what you're going through because you're ultimately the one that's going to conceive it. So from my perspective, you know, it's, it's coming out of the same way. Right. And it's oh going to be, gosh, I wish you guys could see the hand motions. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> it's coming out of Savannah the same way. <laughs> so, you know, and it's both, you know, our child, mm-hmm. um, so, no, I I really don't. I you know you, you tried to explain to me, and I, I get it from your point of view, yeah. but from my point of view, no. Um, and for those of you, the, what I tried to explain to him is like, imagine you were told at the beginning, like, "Hey, you can't conceive um, because your wife's tubes are." T-. And this is probably like the worst like explanation, but this is how I took it. Like Drake. You and your wife can't get pregnant naturally because her tubes are blocked. So you might as well just get a vasectomy too. Like, it's just something taken from you. Like, well, maybe we're told we can't do this naturally, but what if, what if, what if? You know, like maybe there's a miracle in the back of your mind. So anyways, um, okay, well, that's interesting to know that you feel that way. So we talk about marriage being really hard. We talk about infertility being really hard. We also went into this with a really strong foundation, but there's been times that we've both been frustrated with the situation and upset with the situation. And I think for me, you know, you've mentioned a couple times throughout the process that, you know, I'm, you know, I, I remember the first time you said it, you're like, I'm 31. Don't you think I want to be a dad by now? And now you're 32 and it's like, you're 32. Don't you think you want to be a dad by now? Like, does that at all make you think of our marriage different in anyway our marriage yeah no no because i i again like you're the you're the militant i want to be a b c d e f g but me i'm like okay you know let's enjoy the moment so you know um i i kind of like Yes, I would love to have a child with you, but I'm trying to exp- I'm trying to enjoy the moments with you as well too, like the yeah. good and the bad yeah. of life because I yeah. mean, you know, if we uh if we knew what was coming, you know, every moment of our life what would be the fun in that, right? So That is very true. That is very true. You know, the strong foundation is is really important in a marriage and infertility as well. I'm in you know, I read those stat- stats at the beginning of the episode. I'm also in a lot of infertility support groups, and I see women and men and, you know, everyone 
constantly writing about how their marriage and their relationship is struggling and and for all of these different reasons. And sometimes it's fueled by money and the fact that infertility, as you've heard, costs an arm and a freaking leg and your partner's arm and their leg. You know, sometimes it's just the disappointment. Sometimes it's lack of support. You know, the, the, there's, there's endless reasons why, why people struggle in their infertility journey. That being said, I think it's, communication is really important, but there are times where you probably need to lean on someone. I talk to my girlfriends. Do you talk to anyone to like, you know, let your feelings out or? Uh, mainly talk to you, talk to, talk to my parents. Um, yeah. yeah. So just the, yeah, mainly, mainly you. Okay. And do you feel like that's enough to? Everybody need. I would say this, everybody needs support differently. Yeah. Right. So I support you in one way, you know, Caitlin supports you in another way, you know, each friend supports you in a different yeah, way. No, for sure. Each family member supports you in a way. So like for me, all I need really to discuss like this matters with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What's the most important part of that communication to you? Uh, if something uh, bothers you immediately or something's on your mind immediately, like mm-hmm. address it right then and there. Yeah. Uh, don't let it linger. But for you, like, is it me listening to you? Is it me asking you? Because I feel like you do a really good job of like, I, maybe I shouldn't even say good job. You are very supportive of me. And you rarely bring up your thoughts and feelings to me. And when you do, you make sure I'm in a really good place too. But are you like holding back feelings? Are you holding back communication? No, not at all. So actually, that's funny you said I'm, I, I feel like I can actually support you better. So I feel like uh, I feel like just sometimes I'm not doing enough, if that makes sense. So, you know, I guess I, I like when you come to me for stuff because it makes okay. me feel more involved. Okay. So, okay. No, that's good to know. That's good to know. Cause you know, I can, I, I, I can do more absolutely, but, um, you know, me just being involved is everything. So, yeah, yeah. no, for sure. You know, people in the infertility world always talk about their, you have to be realistic in your journey. You know, for us, we're going on round five, transfer number four. You know, at some point, you know, we talked in the beginning about how much money we've spent. It's been three years. You know, at some point, you may have to call it quits. At some point, you may have to pivot your journey. At some point, you may have to come to terms that, this is not what we thought it was going to be when we set out and embarked on it. That is a very pivotal moment in a lot of people's relationships and marriages, as I know. We're not at that point. Mm -hmm. But I think moving forward, we know communication is important. We know continuing to have a strong foundation and, you know, just always being on each other's team, as you said, is important. Mm-hmm. But being really realistic with each other about this journey is equally as important. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
As far as what on the uh, what subject? In terms of like if we I didn't understand the question. I'm sorry. In terms of if we had to like s- stop at one point. Gotcha. Like gotcha. We've I done this now. for twelve rounds, and yeah. we're like we po- we physically cannot afford to do it again or like, Hey, this isn't working. Maybe we need to look at fostering or adoption or embryo adoption or, you know, surrogacy or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. communication is important. Foundation is important, but being realistic about your infertility journey is also important. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, if we, if we need to adopt, then, you know, adopt adoption is great. I mean, like I said last episode, I mean, you can give someone a beautiful life, and yeah, there's a lot of awesome, uh, a lot of awesome kids out there that deserve to, uh, you know, have a chance to have a great life and change the tra- trajectory of their life. And you know, I think, uh, you know, whatever whatever is meant to be is whatever is meant to be. It's like I said, it's all, you know, I just trust in. I'm a believer. I trust in God. So I'm, you know, whatever whatever path or whatever road. Uh, that leads to, you know, that that's definitely an option. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't marry you for your ability to, to get pregnant. I, you know, that, that sounds weird. Right. But it's, I, I married you because I love you. I love who you are. And I've always told you that. So, yeah. you know, whether you can have a, have a child naturally or whether you can do it through in vitro or whether you couldn't like, you know, I, that, that's not the reason I married you. So. Yeah. No, no, no. I appreciate that. I think that's important. Um, well, that's really all I have. I mean, one thing you said in the episode is we don't make this the center of our life. We don't make this the center of conversation. Can you touch on that? Because I feel like you're really good at that. Yeah. So we have we have a friendship. And mm-hmm. we like to we like to have fun. We like to poke at each other, piss each other off, make <laughs> each other laugh, make each other cry. So, um, you know, just just try to make the most of life. Um, you know, go for a walk, go uh, go travel, go yeah. go do stuff, go hang out with friends. Just you know, s- stay active uh, and just don't let it consume you. Yeah, and. Uh, there's been times that I feel like this has consumed us more in the earlier days. And I feel like we've been really good about it. You know, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the reason I wanted to do this topic is because we just celebrated five years of, of marriage and we were quite literally coming off me recovering from surgery. I got released from surgery recovery the day before we flew out for our anniversary trip. And then we're going into another round of IVF. And so, you know, most people would be like, oh my gosh, I just got done with surgery. I'm about to gear up for another round. Like, let's just hang back. And we're like, no, you only celebrate five years, which is a big milestone once. Like, let's go on a trip. And we had such a good time. And I literally don't even know if we talked about infertility the entire time we were there. Like we just laughed, we had fun, we we explored, we like we just had the time of our lives. And so I love that you say like don't make it the center of conversation. Don't make it the center of your life. Don't make it it's important. It's so important. I know it's 
one of the most important things to me outside of you and God and, and, you know, family and friends, it's important to you. And I know that, Yeah. but you also have to just continue to live life. Yeah. Speaking of our five-year anniversary trip, what was your favorite part of it? Oh, uh, probably the, probably the Celtics game, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you not have a blast? No, it was so fun. Yeah, it was the, so fun. The TD Garden's awesome. If uh, anyone gets the chance to go, uh, I don't know that I've told people where we went. So let uh, me back up. So for our five-year anniversary, Drake asked. I told him I wanted to go on a trip, and he was like, "Where do you want to go?" And I said, Boston, Massachusetts. And I said, why? And I said, because I want to eat my weight in oysters and lobster rolls. Other and, than that, I had- Did you? I did. I mean, do you think I did? Oh. For every meal, <laughs> this girl ordered like a dozen moist oysters for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I literally did. He's not joking. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. What would, so if you were to so if anyone were to visit Boston, what what was your favorite uh, eating place? Select Oyster. Oh okay. my gosh. So we had a really good mix of like very chill places that we went to. We also just like popped in random spots. We also because it was our anniversary trip had like very nice dinners planned. What I will say is the very nice dinners we had planned, I was not a fan of them mm, either. Like yeah, save your money. Yeah. The steaks are better in Oklahoma. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I almost didn't book this select oyster bar cause like on Yelp, just the pictures, I was like, kind of like, eh, I'm not really sure. Holy shit. Yeah. I've like thought about the food every day since we left there. Yeah. So I, that just roof, to let you guys know. That rooftop bar would have been probably my favorite moment, but. Oh, we didn't get food. No, I'm saying the the sun. Mm. Like I'm saying like the view. Oh, the like views, the, the drinks, the vibes. Was, yeah. But. It was very cool. Yeah. Oh, you like that over the Loco place? I liked that. Did you? Yeah. So Loco was like a like a, it was like college, a college bar. bar. <laughs> but they had this DJ that I was just like. Mm, 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 that place was mm, popping. Mm, mm, yeah, that place was popping. But anyways, um, he asked like, why do you want to go to Boston? And I was like, oh, I just want to eat oysters and lobster rolls. I thought Boston like. <sighs> Tell him what, what do you think of Boston? <laughs> Let me tell you what I thought Boston was. Um, I think I've mentioned it in a couple episodes. Like as type A as I am, I'm typically like on my shit researching no stuff. But there are just some things that I'm just like, eh, I don't need to research. I feel like I know this. I don't know why I do that. So I thought Boston was like this little quaint northeastern town. Like <laughs> people always talked about like this freedom trail and like Paul Revere's house and the Cheers bar. And I'm just like, she thought it was like the little house in the prairie, no, like in I, the city. No, I was thinking like <laughs> Maine or something like slower. I've also never been to Maine, so I don't even know if Maine's slow, but and I've been to Boston, so I knew what to expect. I'm but thinking anyway. like cobblestone roads and just like <laughs> these cute little like brownstones and like people walking around like, wow, I love the Boston Red Sox. Guys, it was a madhouse. The traffic. I did not even know what to expect. The people, it it's just like the hustle and bustle of the city. And we live in Oklahoma. Tell them like, about the drivers. Oh my gosh. We live in Oklahoma. <laughs> there's no such thing as traffic. Like there's actually no such thing as traffic here. And you go to Boston and it is dog eat dog world. People are- it's a rat race for sure. People are just straight up like honking at each other. We'll cut you off. We'll like drive in front of you. 
you'll be on like this skinny street that maybe holds one car and two cars are like fighting to get around each other, driving like 50 miles per hour. It was terrifying. Anyways, food was great. It was so fun. My favorite part was, honestly, we took a lot of naps and that sounds so lame, but like life is so go, go, go. Excuse that's, you, that's, sir. That's, Excuse you, that's sir. That's our Australian shepherd toss in the background, by the way. Um. So anyways, I just feel like it's so nice to slow down every once in a while. We and we slept. We those, gummi- those gummies you got from the airport. Not, melat- not weed gummies, but melatonin gummies. Oh, my God. Drake. Well, you have to clarify these days. Like, you do. Like, oh, gummies. So we got melatonin gummies. And, oh, my gosh, we would sleep to like 11 a.m. every day. We would get up. We would start our day at like noon. Um, we would take a nap. It was just honestly very relaxing, and that's what I needed. Yeah, it was fun. It was, was really fun. It was a, it was a different uh, change of pace from so you go from California, which was to, our last trip. Yep, to Boston like within a three month span. No, within a five week span. Oh, was it that? Soon? Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, you get to experience uh, you know both sides of the uh, both states, coasts. and you know it so, was fun. Anyway, yeah. Cool. Well, five years has been really great with you. I think I'll renew you for another five years. Oh, lucky you. Uh oh. You know, we we joked. We did. We didn't. I I shouldn't say we joked. We did talk. Like five years has been awesome, and we've really been through some shit these past couple of years, and it's really been hard. But I really think we've come out stronger on the other side, and our marriage. Oddly enough, as I say, some people will break, some people will crumble, but I have this newfound respect for you. I've seen this different side of you. I just love you so much more. Yeah, I, lo- I love you too. It uh, this uh, I, th- I feel like this past year, um, I think we, uh, you know, and don't take this wrong, but you're not as uptight. You're like just a little more like okay, like I, I, I get this. Like, I understand, like yeah. we've been through a bunch of shit yeah. and, uh, anyway, it, uh, it's, it's been, it's been very, uh, I don't want to say fun, but like, I guess we just have like an understanding and appreciation for each yeah. other and, yeah. you know, it's strengthened our marriage. Oh, for sure. I think we had a very strong marriage going into it because we have a friendship because we, you know, love each other. Yeah. But they say like, you know, the marriages that go through the hardest times come out on top. Yeah. And it's like at this point, like whatever you want to throw at us, we've got it. Like that will be a T-ball game compared to what we're going through. That's right. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Let's run through the mud, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm going to just call it what it is. This has been a wild episode. All the background noise. I am so sorry, but this is just true life. This is marriage. This is the keys household. This is what we do every day. Yeah. So anyway, I, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Um, I'll... Hopefully I brought a little more energy than last time and, uh, just a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate you guys supporting my wife. It means everything. And, uh, anyway, yeah. Hope everyone has a good day. Did you have fun with the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. We have, but we have like Tulsa in the background, like begging us to play with him and Benson, like begging me to pet him and then Finn, like jump. Yeah. 
it's been a it's been a wild ride over here, guys. But appreciate it as always. If you spent any amount of time with us, hell, if you made it to the end of this episode, I like personally owe you like a hug, an apology, Starbucks gift card, something. As always, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me by email at everydayinfertility at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at everydayinfertility. We will see you guys next week. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much.